Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Dervila uh, Burke O'Connor from Crystal Swing, who you'll be very familiar with, by the way, is an ambassador for As I Am, Same Chance Campaign, which will run throughout the month of April as part of World Autism Month. And she joins me on the line. Good afternoon to you, Dervila. Good afternoon, Niall. How are you? Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. Oh, you're so welcome. We're more, I suppose we're more familiar, Dervila, with seeing you singing and dancing. I know you've been on Ellen yeah. DeGeneres and everything, and you've, you've had fame and fortune all around the world at this stage. But this, is a, this is a much more serious situation, and I, and I watched you recently on Claire Byrne as well talking about this. And this is in relation to your own son, Paul, who has special needs, and he needs essential services. And you, you feel you're being kind of, like many other parents, are being forced to basically beg for his education. Yes, that is correct, um, Niall. Now, I am pleased to say that just yesterday we did receive confirmation that Paul has secured a place in a special school That's for wonderful. September. That's so wonderful. I'm very happy about that. And I'm hoping that with this transition that we will see positive changes in our son. And I have met with the principal and she's lovely. But, Niall, this, this certainly does not take away from the fact that there are not enough special schools. And there is no special school in East Cork, Middleton, where I'm from. And, you know, this is replicated right across the country. And it also doesn't take away from the fact that many other little children out there will have no schools to go to in September. And also, again, it doesn't take away from the fact that so many vital therapies and services need to be properly put in place. Mm-hmm. But before I say anything, Niall, would I, could I just say that I would like to take this opportunity to thank the public for their support over the past few months. Since I went public about my story, um, I have been absolutely overwhelmed with the amount of parents and carers who have contacted me to share their own stories. And these people, you know, they feel exhausted and isolated and alone and many have expressed that they just don't know where to turn for help and you know initially I didn't know whether I was doing the right or the wrong thing about coming out public you know speaking about my child and in a way exposing my family but I'm so glad now that I did Niall because Because you had that platform to do that I suppose I'm happy to use whatever platform that I have and you know now I almost feel like an advocate for other families who are travelling a very similar road to ourselves. And I suppose this campaign, as such, not only wants to help children get into education, we shouldn't have to beg, as you rightly said, for education. I remember my own daughter, when she was much younger, she had dyspraxia. And I had to, you know, basically constantly try to nag the schools to get the, the hours yeah. that you needed, etc., from the CENO, as they call it, uh, to get yeah. those four or five hours a week uh, special needs education. But you're also campaigning that, you know, according to the new report, that attitudes towards people with autism in Ireland needs to change change and they seem to be afforded the same chance, the same opportunities, I suppose. Absolutely. And I I had the great privilege, actually, of speaking at the Aviva Stadium in Dublin last week. And as you mentioned, the charity, as I am, we're launching World Autism Month. And I spoke on a panel with some incredibly inspiring speakers. And some of these speakers are actually autistic themselves. So I was just humbled to be asked with such an amazing calibre of people and, um, 
you know, as um, they have released a new report and they're shining a light on the challenges that autistic people face in Ireland today. I mean, children with autism are amazing children because most of them are extremely talented children. I mean, we only have to look at the world around us, the likes of, say, Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg, who all have traits of are on the spectrum to some degree. And, yeah. and I know they, obviously not to the extreme, but I've watched, I watched an amazing video that nearly brought tears to my eyes tonight of a young man in Ireland, I think his name is Michael Finn, but he's non-verbal. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. I think, 16 or 17 years of age and he's completely non-verbal. And, yes. and he put him up on a stage and he started singing and he sang like an angel. And it was just unbelievable to watch. It's an amazing voice. And yet he was completely non-verbal. And I'm saying... Yeah. We need to harness the talents of people and young people with autism and focus on, you know, what they're good at to give exactly. them those opportunities in life. Exactly. It's so important, you know, like I will admit I'm guilty myself. It's easy as a parent to get bogged down with all of this, but, you know, we should we should realise the things that our children can do rather than what they can't do. And, you know, despite my own little Paul's challenges, um, you know, he's he's completely nonverbal, so he can't communicate. And he's got a lot of issues, you know, around behavior problems and social skills and, mm-hmm. you know, issues around food and he doesn't play with toys or other children. There's a whole host of things uh, with Paul. But I have to say that he just has an intelligence inside in him that's very hard for me to explain. And... Um, he has like a little photographic memory uh, with Rose. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's amazing, and he, you know he can really he can he can't vocalise what he wants, but boy, can he get his point across? Absol- and, absolutely, uh, yeah. He's as stubborn as you'll meet, uh, Niall, but he's he's an unbelievable little child, and I do believe that. And I see all his skills uh, and all the things he's really good at will become more apparent, obviously, as he gets older. And, exactly. and and you hopefully you'll be able to encourage that. But but to to encourage that, you need to get the right education for him and the right people to yes. bring that out in him as as he grows. Yes, and you know, um, like thankfully now we, as I said, we have secured the school placement for Paul. Now that will take us up to sixth class. However, uh, it, it, I I can only describe this past year now as being the most traumatizing experience I've ever gone through to try and to to help make this happen for Paul. But the thoughts now, again, of having to go through that when he is, um, you know, when he comes to sixth class, as many other families and parents have to go through to beg for an education for your child, you know, that, that we all are, we should all be entitled to an education. And again... Well, constitutionally, you know, we are all entitled to an education. All, exactly. And, you know, once Paul then turns 18... Should he require it, it, he should seamlessly be able to transition onto adult day services if that is the case. And, um, you know, there needs to, there, there is a complete lack of services. In I fact, know, but well, look, I've yeah. had parents on the show, Derville, who talk to me about their children who may have special needs. And, you know, and they're driving an hour to bring them to school every day because yeah. they can't find anything locally that will suit them. Or not that it will suit them, they just can't get in because the places are all taken up because we just don't seem to... Our education seems to be desi- designed around a particular type of child uh, that will yeah. just naturally move on through education and, and become an academic. But our education system is not designed to deal with child who have particular or special needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and uh, as I've said in previous interviews, that like... My my little girl Hannah now, when her time will come to go to school, which will be a year after Paul 
she'll just walk in the gates of her school that day and we won't even think no more about it. There's no stresses, no worries. We know she's going to go to school. But you would think that just because a child has a disability that they that they, they shouldn't be treated like second class citizens, mm-hmm. that they should be entitled to that also. So I, I, I do, Niall, I feel I'm so passionate about this and I want to see change going forward. So it, this evening, actually, I have a meeting with Minister Anne Rabit and I do have an agenda to chat out with her and at this stage of the game now, I want to see action from our government. And well, I know Anne will be coming back into us. She was in to us about six weeks ago uh, and she was right. telling us that she was going to be uh, making a lot of changes. I do believe, by the way, her heart is in the right place. Um, and she said she would come back into us to give us a little bit of an update. So that's certainly a question I'll put to her when she's in here as well. Uh, on behalf of many parents who are out there trying to get places for their children. Actually, just on that note, stay with me, dear just for a second because Grace just called in as well. Grace, you're in Ireland's class of kids. You have an eight-year-old son, Grace, in a similar situation, is it? Yes, I do. An eight-year-old little boy looking for a school place now for September. Okay. And you've tried 15 schools? 15 schools in Carborough, Finglas and Blanchestown. Nothing? Looking, looking for a school place for him and just you email the Zeno and she replies, don't be stressing, don't be worrying. Well, it's very hard not to be worrying when your child has no school place to go to. Okay. And again, he has special needs. He does. He has autism. Okay. And is he verbal or non-verbal or, or how? He's verbal. He okay. is verbal. Okay. Which is, which is very good. I know um, he is quite verbal. Okay. So, but he still requires obviously extra hours or a reading unit of some description or whatever it happens to be. He needs that the extra help. Yes. He, need, he needs the extra support. Like he's, he was, I couldn't get him into a unit um, for junior infants. There just was none available. Mm-hmm. And he went to a school local enough to me. I won't name any schools. And um, basically he wasn't wanted. I was called left, right and centre saying he's very bold. He's not listening. Um, sorry. Um, he's just, he's not coping very well in the school. And I wasn't done privately. This was done in front of Many parents then at the school gate, she was telling me that my son was bold in school. I'm sorry, I know it's upsetting you, Grace, and I know, you know, he's your he's your world, and I understand that. And, and I know you understand it because you're the parent of a child with autism. But for some people, they don't understand that, and they just write it off as the child being bold, and that's not the case at all. Yeah, he's far from bold. He's, he's my life. He's... You know, I suppose we all say that about our kids. Yeah, well, we should too. They're, they're the most important things in our life and I suppose we have a duty to make sure we do everything we can to make sure they have a good life. Yeah, and all like, you know, we shouldn't we shouldn't have to fight this hard for school places mm. where other people like, let's say my, my sister and my brothers, they just put their kids' names down in schools and they start and they go in and they're there till sixth class and we... Just take that for granted, yes, yeah. You know, you do, we all do, like, you know what I mean? But there's us fighting, and now I don't know what's going to become of September now. Well, we'll stay there a second, because, Dervila, this is exactly what you went through, and this is exactly what so many parents, Dervila, are going through across the country at the moment. Oh, absolutely, Niall, and I feel so much for Grace, and and I I can totally resonate with every word that she is saying, and, you know, she's a a fantastic mother, and and I know she loves her child dearly, but yes, I I can only imagine... But it must be heartbreaking for for, her, your child is bold. You know, I mean, the the child is clearly not bold, he's eight years of age, he has autism. he's not, he's not, and... 
see the poor child has has challenges and people don't realize and the public needs to be educated more on autism and you know I'm sure Grace will agree with me and again many others out there I get told day in day out but he looks so normal yeah but but it doesn't look like there's anything wrong with him yeah you know uh, but that that just because someone has autism doesn't mean that they have to to look look differently yeah no yeah and, um, you know, I, I think that I will actually hold my own hands up at saying this, that until it came to my own door, Isle and Grace, I didn't realise myself what it is like. You really have to live through it to go through it. But I think that the media plays a huge part in all of this. And there needs to be more discussion had on educating the public and, and, and more importantly, educating our government and our well, well, and well, educating our educators, I think, is important yeah. too, because yeah. I, I think you know. Don't get me wrong; we've some wonderful teachers in this country, uh, you know, working in the schools. But I think a yeah. lot of them need to be educated in some way to understand the likes of Grace's child. And I know that can be, by the way, it can be very challenging as an educator too when you have a child who might lash out or who might, you know, be a little bit abusive at, at eight years of age. That can happen, and it's, yeah. and, and there's a different way of dealing with that and of tackling that problem. And, and there needs to be te- a lot more teachers educated in how to deal with that. Absolutely. And, you know, just to touch on that, Niall, actually, um, this was about a year ago now, but um, I met a woman at a meeting, and she's actually a teacher in, um, you know, she's a teacher in a, in a unit, and she teaches children with autism. And she actually broke down crying to me, and she said, she said I never realised myself until, again, my own child... Um, was diagnosed with autism. What it, it really is like. So, and I, I'm not saying for one second that that teachers don't understand because my own son attends a preschool unit and he is a wonderful, amazing teacher. But what I'm saying is, when when you're hit with it yourself, it's a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. Grace, I'm sure you understand that too. I'm sure, as a parent, by the way, Grace, I'm sure it's challenging as well because you're not dealing with a child doing the things that you expect a child to do. They do things that you don't expect them to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, the school he's in now, unfortunately, that's just a junior school. So he only went in there for senior infants and first class. And I can honestly say I would pay millions for him to stay there up until college years if I could. Mm-hmm. He's coming on leaps and bounds. And they go, they they just are amazing. And I cannot fault the school he's in now, but it's only a junior school and... Yeah. He has to leave, unfortunately, you know. Of course, at some point then you have to re-register him at a secondary school and that's where going to be the problem starts again then as well too. Yeah and, then, yeah, and then you have to go through it all again then when he goes to secondary, yeah. And it doesn't stop. You have to keep begging the Ceno, as you rightly said. The Ceno, I don't know, Grace, whether they have the Ceno in Cork as well, but they have the Ceno in Dublin and that's where you have to beg for the hours because from what yeah. I believe, the Ceno, the Department of Education gives the Ceno a certain amount of hours, be it a few thousand hours, whatever it is, every year and they have to distribute those hours amongst the children who need them in the area and, and I'm assuming Grace it's the same situation in, in most areas that's exactly how they do it so but Grace yeah it's the same up yeah. here yeah Dear Vila, so just bottom line Dear Vila, what can we do or what can be done in your opinion and obviously we, we need to highlight it now because it is you know World Autism Month uh, so what can we do what what can this campaign do to improve things Sorry, Grace. I'm just I'm one person myself, Niall, but I'm trying my best to advocate as, as best as possible by speaking on um, radio and media interviews. I will be on the 6 o'clock show tomorrow on Virgin Media 1 highlighting 
um, what my campaign. But I would encourage um, all parents out there who are going through the same thing as myself to keep on to your your local TDs and keep nagging and nagging and nagging because that's the only way to get people to listen. I also believe that you know as 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 a country that we should all come together and voice this as loud as we can because the the more involved the better you know what i'm saying now mm-hmm. and and listen i know that there's an army of people out there in this situation so i would just encourage people to don't give up and don't be told no because there have been many a door shut in my face along the way on this journey and you know what it's only given me the push now to keep to keep talking about this more and more okay. and i will be pushing for uh, a face to face and meeting with our Taoiseach, Micheál Martin, and all the other relevant ministers um, to to make change happen in this country. I want to see the whole thing reformed. All right, well, listen, thank you very much, Lita. And by the way, the best of luck going forward as well, with, uh, uh, obviously with Derek and Mary as well, with Crystal Swing, and I hope things are, are going there well. You're back out singing again, I assume, after COVID, uh, and you're going well, back. Are you going back I- out on the road again? Well, for the, for now, Niall, we've actually kind of pulled back a little bit for now because obviously I've had a lot going on myself with all of this. Right. And um, and Derek actually has two little babies now as well himself. But look, never say never, uh, Niall. But for now, we're just taking a little bit of a back seat on it all. Okay, well, listen, My thank you. My children come first. Thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air. Devil of Worker, Connor. And also, Grace, thanks very much indeed. I appreciate you coming on the air and telling your, telling your story as well. Great. All right, uh, let me just go as well, just before I go into the break, to Siobhan as well. Siobhan, you're an Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Siobhan? Hi, Niall, how are you? Now, you have a, a four-year-old daughter who's profoundly deaf, I assume. and um, Yeah, so oh. she wouldn't, she's not profoundly deaf, okay. but she she had a condition at birth. Um, we lived up in, we, we're from Galway, okay. but we lived in Crumlin for a good few months when she was born. Okay. And, um, the, and when, by the way, when did you find out uh, that she was deaf? So we were a ho- we were about a month home from Crumlin, and she was a premature baby. She was nine nine weeks premature. Okay. So she became septic at birth. Okay. And um, we don't know whether the, it was the sepsis or the medication that she was on at the time that killed the nerve in her ear to be able to hear. Okay. That so was... she was born. She was born with perfect hearing. That must have been devastating for you as a mum at the time to find that out. It must be yeah. very difficult for you. Yeah, it was. It was. It was hard. Okay. Um, and then, so she has a condition that it's a very rare condition. It's called ANSD. Okay. And it, it basically is the nerve. It's the hearing nerve. So for her, it's like being on a mobile phone with bad signal. Okay. So sometimes the signal's good and she can hear you a bit better and then sometimes the signal is really bad and she can't hear you at all. I have to say that describes it very well but, but, but a mobile phone yeah, it does it so, so now we all have a very good understanding of how yeah. that works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she got a cochlear implant done in Temple Street uh, two years ago um, on her left side which she was profoundly deaf on her left side. Okay. And um, they weren't expecting her to be able to talk or anything. But in a, in a sense that COVID was one of the best things that ever happened to us because I also have three other children and uh, she, we were home for two years with her um, every day doing speech and language and yeah. reading her books and whatever. So you were very much focused on her for two years. Yeah, yeah we yeah. were. Well, we wouldn't have been, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do that otherwise. And um, she was up about three months ago in Beaumont 
and they were expecting her to get about 50% in her understanding of what we were saying and she got 83%. Oh, that's wonderful. That's yeah, great news. Yeah, and she's no speech impediment. So okay. we're very, very, very lucky. Okay. But the services for her are an absolute nightmare. Okay. So explain so, that to me, what, what part of that is a nightmare in particular for you? Or that, well, that's well, more difficult. We live in the west of Ireland, we're in Galway, so there are no services regarding her cochlear implant or her deafness in okay. the west of Ireland. No so, at all? No. So, well, so where do you have to travel to? So we have to go to Beaumont on a regular basis with her. Right. Um, even just to have her cochlear implant tuned, we have to do the day of up and down to Beaumont, which is an absolute nightmare. Firstly, with COVID, was an absolute nightmare yep. at the beginning because we had three other kids who, at the time, we had no one to mind them So because we couldn't leave them with grandparents or anything. So we were taking the four of them up to Beaumont for the day. The kids weren't allowed into the hospital with us, so we had to leave them in the car. Mm. Um, it, 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 the services, everything is in Dublin. Like there is, there's nothing in the west of Ireland other than speech and language. There's nothing. For and and I know this is a terrible situation. When you live outside Dublin, this idea that the world revolves around Dublin yeah. is terrible because particularly when yeah. you're living in, particularly in the west of Ireland or you're living in Cork or wherever yeah. it happens to be. And yeah. uh, that's just a, an awful inconvenience, particularly when you're, you're talking about the most vulnerable in society, when you're talking about children, you know, and dealing with yeah. the problems. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone that we have dealt with, I can't fault them. Um, they they treated Florence as if she yeah. was their own child. Yeah. They were absolutely amazing. It's that the services aren't there for them to give that to her, you know. Okay. Um, she's supposed to have a learning teacher for the deaf okay. um, who comes to our house and, and sets her up for primary school. There's like a necklace her teacher can wear with a speaker on it and it goes directly to her implant. Oh, okay. And, but that teacher has now resigned and I only found out through Beaumont that that teacher had resigned. So I, and will that I, teacher be replaced? So I got a phone call after three three months of hearing nothing from a lady who's taking over, but she said her workload is absolutely insane and she doesn't know when she'll be able to come and see us, you oh, know. Gosh. So Florence is starting school in September and I have nothing set up. So and the last thing you want is for her to regress because it just goes exactly. to show you when you spend time with a child with difficulties yeah. or needs in some descriptions, yeah. you kind of pointed out that you did for two years, you're very much focused yeah. on her. So yeah. when you have the proper focus on a person, yeah. they, they can come on in leaps yeah. and bounds. Yeah. yeah. And then when that goes away, they can regress very quickly as well. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just, everything is in Dublin. Like I've met parents from all over Ireland now because obviously we've been in Crumlin and you meet parents with all different problems and thankfully for us, Florence is doing so well. Yes, she but is, yeah. For parents that are stuck with children with severe disabilities, they, I've sat with them, I've talked with them, they're, there's nothing there for them and if there is anything, it's in Dublin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, you know? this assumption, as I said earlier on, that the world revolves around yeah. children who don't have problems. And, yeah. and I understand that because the majority yeah. of children don't have problems. But we yeah. can't just ignore the fact that there are a large amount of children. And, but and even, I, which, but even, like, even like Florence, she, she cognitively, her brain is like she's, she's more copped on than any of us in the house. Because she's it's probably overcompensated for so long. Exactly. Yeah. But it's only her hearing. And then you'll hear people say to me, but she looks perfect. Oh, yeah. What way is she supposed to look? You know, she yeah. has an implant. Obviously, you can see the, the cochlear implant. But the only thing stopping her in primary in, in play school is being able to 
communicate with children. If yeah. they could just teach every child sign language as a basic skill, she could communicate without any hassle whatsoever. But then she gets left out sometimes because ki- she can't hear what those children are saying to her. You know, and it's just, I, and you know what? That's not such a bad idea because, you know, we're very good yeah. at teaching kids French and Spanish and all sorts of different languages at yeah. a very young age. I yeah. mean, and nobody says you have to do it every single day or anything like that, but exactly, just but, but just the so basic communication. Yeah. Yeah. Like even to ask her, what's your name? Or do you want to play? Or, you know, something like that. Like she can then get involved like all the rest of the kids if they could just communicate with her. And so many of my friends have picked up a few words and bits and she just loves it that they can they can communicate with her like that, you know. And will and she will she go into now she's only four now at the moment, obviously. So she's in September. September yeah. so does she go to mainstream school then? Because September? she has no speech impediment and she understands the eighty three percent yes. Oh that's great, um, isn't it? So absolutely amazing. Um, but like that, we have we need a lot of support when she does go into primary school and we don't have that learning teacher okay. to give that support now. Um, okay. So I don't know the I don't know the ropes. But but hopefully she'll pick up most. I mean, it, 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 pardon my ignorance, but with her cochlear implant, yeah. when she's sitting in a classroom, does it, it depend on where she's sitting in the class? Yeah. Does she have to sit close to the teacher? Yeah. 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 And, um, and it's important that she can see the teacher as well, obviously, all the time. Yeah, she, 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 so COVID was also a nightmare with the mask because oh, people gosh, with yes. deafness were forgotten about during that as well because she lip reads okay. and she depended on, at that stage, looking at my mouth. So every time I was in a supermarket with her or anything that I had to bring her, I had this on my face and she was having mental breakdowns. Like she, she couldn't cope with the mask on my face at all. Um, no, she has to be, if she's in a very loud environment, she finds it very hard to, to hear what's going on yeah, around because she her. can't isolate the voices, obviously. Exactly. Yeah, of Whereas course. the teacher wears a necklace with a speaker on it, it goes directly to her implant as if the teacher's sitting beside her. And can so, any, does the teacher have to be trained to wear that particular neck? I'm no, assuming just, it just it's just a, mic- a little microphone with a Bluetooth yeah. connection, yeah. Yeah, and it goes straight into her implant. Right, so any um, teacher can wear that. That's, any well, that's teacher, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I'm assuming the the Department of Education or the Department of Health provides that for you. They do, but yeah. the, 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 again, it's the learning teacher that sets that all up for us. Yeah, okay. I don't know the route. I don't know what roads to go down, so I'm trying to yeah. figure that all out now as well. If I was in Dublin, I'd have all the support. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but, I know, I know. So that's, that's, that's our struggle, but everything else, we're very, very fortunate with Florence, yeah. Well, look, I'm glad you highlighted Florence today in the yeah. air because I'm sure there's many families around the country in a very similar situation and many children around the country who've got cochlear I, implants I, as well. If I could just say that there's a there's a preschool in Galway for anyone with children with hearing problems or deafness. Um, it's called the Jack and Jill Montessori in um, Galway and they have been phenomenal with Florence. Absolutely amazing with her. Got a teacher in to teach the kids a bit of sign language and stuff they're amazing okay so for anybody who would have a struggle with hearing it would be the Jack and Jill uh, Montessori that I would tell them to go to all right, well, listen, that's good advice. Yeah. And I'm sure there's yeah. other parents listening out there in a similar situation. And thank you very much indeed. And I think yeah. the, the main thing, the issue that it's raised there is we need to have those services all over the country, not just in Dublin. Yeah, all right, 100%. Listen. Thank you. Thanks very much Bye. indeed. And I appreciate you coming to the air, Siobhan. Okay, um, I have a few more callers actually after the break that I could probably go to in relation to this because I think Derville has certainly opened a can of worms and opened the door for many other people in a similar situation to talk about uh, their children and the, acti- or should I say, the education that's available. And she's right, Derville is right, Derville Burke, Connor, when she said that you 
shouldn't have to beg for education. It's in the Constitution, by the way. Every child in the country is entitled to an education, but every child in the country is not exactly the same. Every child in the country is not, inverted commas, normal, because that's the word they use, isn't it? And just because a child doesn't look like they have a problem uh, doesn't mean they do have a problem or a special need that needs to be attended to. And uh, for that reason, we need to focus, because as I said already, some of the most intelligent people in the world and some of the uh, most successful people in the world are on the spectrum. And there are many young children out there who could, uh, as Siobhan rightly said, because she focused for two years on her child while she had COVID, she brought her hearing up or certainly helped her uh, and encouraged her to get better and to be able to understand people better. And now she's up to 80% or whatever it is that she mentioned that she was on her 83%. I can't remember what she said. Anyway, the point is, when we focus on children and when we encourage children who may have a problem, they can lead a very normal life. They can be extremely good at something. They can grow up to be millionaires and harness what it is they're actually good at, even if they're non-verbal, up to that point. Uh, the number is 87 Maybe you have a child with special needs and you're begging for education and you can't get them into a school. Let us know. Uh, you can contact us at 087-188-0008. All right, let me go to Karen. Karen, you're in Ireland's Classic Hits. How are you doing, Karen? I'm good, Niall. How are you? Not only are you on Ireland's Classic Hits, you were in Ireland's <laughs> Classic Hits yesterday. It was lovely to meet you, Karen. And uh, James... And it was lovely to meet all of you, I have to say. I know, uh, and we'll, we'll explain more in the future as to why you were Absolutely. in, because we are going to be doing yeah. some work with Make-A-Wish. Top secret, top secret. Ah, it's not a top secret. We're going to do a lot of work with Make-A-Wish and raising, and raising a lot of money, hopefully, for Make-A-Wish Make very course. soon. Now, yeah. Karen, yeah. of course, I met James yesterday. What yeah. a wonderful young man he is. A very clever he is. He's young fantastic. man. Yes. Oh, yes. He knows how to work a room. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> he, knows, he knows how to play his audience. <laughs> <laughs> he really, really, really does. Um, he's great at reading people, particularly adults. Um, yeah. He's a lot of time for adults. Okay. Um, and that's just to do with his background. I mean, he spent three years in Crumlin. Um, so he's, he's well used to adults and been in the company of adults. But um, yeah. he does have an underlying position. Um, now, as, as you saw yourself yesterday, I mean, I'd have to sit in and explain everything because he come in and he chat away and you wouldn't think there was anything. No. And like that, we're always met with, but sure he's grand and yeah. sure he's not in the hospital anymore. And, but sure, you sure, know, look at him, isn't but, he fine? Yeah. Yeah, isn't he fine? But it's amazing. Parents are great at managing their kids and kids who have difficulties, you know, you know how to kind of, how to behave yourself so that they're okay yeah. and that they will manage yeah. um, in a new situation and stuff. Um, now, James is in mainstream main, mainstream school, but he does have... And how is, he, how is he coping in mainstream? He's, mainstream. Doing, he's doing well. Now, he yeah. does struggle from day to day and it does take an awful lot longer for a child who might take them, you know, 10 rounds to learn something. It'll take James... It could take him 50 times. And you know what? It can be a good thing sometimes if if they can remain in mainstream school because the other kids Absolutely. will bring them along. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. you know, for James, he's an extremely social child and that will carry him an awful long way. Oh, he is social. Um, I've no doubt about know. that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what... We he took a bit of a liking to Lucy Kennedy yesterday too, didn't he? Did, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they were like two peas in the pod. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, because he has that charm about him, it masks an awful lot that a lot of people don't see. Yeah. Um. And, you know, he is in different services, but he's only had his first appointment for the first time in two years yesterday evening. Right. You know, he had OT. And, like, you know, in those two years, he has really struggled. And I'm his parent. I'm not a specialist in OT or speech and language or any, any of these things. There's only so much I can do. I need the expert advice to guide him. So to not have that for two solid years has had a massive impact on him. Uh, other things like he has an, an S&A in school. 
But there's never a guarantee that he's going to have that every year. It's a constant fight and a constant battle. And you're always on the defence. And there's there's no favours that my name was Karen. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, you know, you're constantly on the defence for, okay, do I have to fight this? Is this going to be a fight? I need to get more hours. How am I going to get these hours? Yeah. Like the amount of letters I have saved on my email that, oh, I might need that again or I might need to change that for something else. Um, everything, if you have a child who is anything outside of the norms, quote unquote, um, it, it's just a battle. So your battle now, your next battle is getting them yeah. into summer camp because there's no SNA. Summer camps, yeah. Summer camps, I've just found are a nightmare. He's at an age where he, he can go to summer camp. You yeah. know, he's old enough to go to them. And ideally, I will send him with his younger sister because he has backup. Yeah. But he needs an SNA. He needs help with with taking medication. He needs help with personal care. Um And the summer and, camp would be really good for him too, but it's yeah, it'd be yeah, good for his you know, for his social skills. Yeah. Absolutely. Um and you know, he needs to he needs to be without me. Yeah. You know, I can't be there doing it for him all the time. He needs to learn a life without me for his independence. It's not a norm that a summer camp would have an SNA or, you know, an assistant there for children like my child. Yeah. There are summer camps for children who do have additional needs or whose needs are quite profound. But James wouldn't fall into that category. Yeah. Because he's quite social. Yeah. But he he has needs in other areas. So I, 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 I have him in a summer camp, but I have him in a summer camp that's only on for a couple of hours that I know he, he'll manage fine and I'm only up the road. Yeah. I get you. You know, so if Zanath and I, they can ring me and I can pop up and his sister's with him and I've asked them to keep him and his sister together, which is not really fair on her either. Does it concern you by going forward? Because Dervila and Grace and everybody else who's been on the air today mm. have mentioned that going forward, okay, at the moment he's in primary school, that's fine. Um, yeah. But, you know, when he gets, you know, to the age of 11 and he has to move into secondary school and obviously the world changes a little bit for him, you yeah. need a bit more independence, et cetera, et cetera. Does that concern you now thinking about the future? Thinking about, and it it's only a few years. Awake at night. Yeah, it's only a few years away, really, isn't it? Yeah. No, that keeps me awake at night. And I really thought when James was born that, you know, if we could get over the transplant part, we'd have the hardest part done. Yeah. And nothing has prepared me for the battle of every day. Yeah. Having a child who who's. And, and, and you know the condition that he has is extremely rare, yeah. rare. Um, and you know, once something is rare, people are kind of a bit more standoffish yeah. and a bit more like, oh, we wouldn't know, or you know, there's less help again because yeah. we don't know. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's it, it it's just it's a constant, constant battle, and it's exhausting. So, so thinking days, about him going to secondary school keeps you awake at night right now because you're worried about the future because yeah, because, and, and because the country we live in and we don't really seem to have those exactly. services. And I don't, I don't want to be that. Like people are always saying, oh, don't think too far ahead. But it's really hard not to do that when oh, you have, you have a child. To, unfortunately, you have to think far ahead, you know, because yeah, you need you to be do. planning this year what you're I'm doing next year. always thinking far ahead. Yeah. You know, already I'm thinking like we're going away in a couple of days. We're going to the airport and I'm already thinking, how will I manage through the airport? Yeah if it's going to be absolutely crowded because he'll struggle with, you know, he's only a little lad, he'll struggle with the crowd above him. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so stuff like that. It's just anything outside of the norm. He struggles, is, yeah. Is everything, it's just hard for people, like parents who are in my situation. If you have a child who, who it doesn't fall in the normal bracket yeah. in school or whatever else, then it's a challenge, then it's a fight, and it's just... Society has to change. It, 
I don't, like I, I think that's exactly what Daryl is saying and she's 100% right. And yeah. the whole idea is that and part of this new campaign, As I Am, Same Chance campaign, is yeah. that, you know, that people who are aut- with autism or special yeah. needs or whatever it happens to be are afforded the same opportunities and the same chance in life and the attitudes of people need to change. Yeah. 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 And, and this this attitude of, you know, oh, he looks grand. <laughs> he'd be, yeah. Like, he'd be fine. Yeah, he's yours, Daniel, and that's great. And yeah. he, he is grand. And... You know, especially, I hate when I get things like, what's wrong with him? There's nothing wrong with him. Yeah. He, he He's unique. And yeah. wouldn't, you know, wouldn't the world be an awful boring place if we were all the same? Well, it would so be very, it would be a very boring place, your brother said. If I didn't, if I didn't have James. <laughs> it I mean, would. How lucky am and I? classic hits would be very boring if you didn't come on the air every now and again as well. <laughs> but but do, do me a favour, stay there for a second, Karen, if you can, because I want to go to Sam as well. Sam, you're in Ireland's classic hits. How are you doing, Sam? Hi, no, how are you? Good. And you, you have a child of three who has Down syndrome. Yeah. Okay. Yes, he's not, he's not quite three yet, but uh, getting there. Okay. And uh, he's starting play school in September. And I actually remember he was, well, he was born in the May and my older son started play school the following September. And I actually put Tyler's name down that same day for a slot in the play school. So right. I had to think like, you know, the child was <laughs> not long that born and I was thinking of play school because... I know, I was, but that's the way you have to think, isn't it, really? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, but like that now, that's... Now I'm comforted knowing that one of the teachers in the play school she actually did years in co-action. Okay. So, you know, she's she, she's kind of used to dealing with it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you know that really settles me. But then I know, I know there's um, a national school here that does have a fantastic um, special needs side to it. Um, but what I never really thought about before was, oh yeah, that's great. There's somewhere here. Well, what about numbers and spaces and? Yeah, well, this is the problem parents are having. And and, and as I said to Karen, and she said she has sleepless nights thinking about now. Uh, James, obviously, it's in a couple of years yet before he goes to secondary school. But you're kind of thinking ahead all the time, like, yeah. you know what I mean? But like those couple of years just go in the blink of an eye. Oh, night. absolutely. Like, you know, oh, sure, my kids are all over 20 school. now. Like, my children are all over 20. I can remember when they were five. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, it's mad. It's petrifying. It's petrifying. Well, they thought, like, there was an article in the examiner saying that Cork is actually the worst county for children with Down syndrome. Yeah. And that literally that upsets me beyond belief. And it's terrifying for thinking for him, like, what kind of services is he actually going to have? And it's a little bit more difficult. I know this sounds awful, but if you're not living in Dublin, um, it's a little bit more difficult to get those services that we heard earlier on there from Siobhan, who lives in the west of yeah. Galway, uh, looking for a service with for cochlear implants for her child, that she has to travel to Bowmount in Dublin all the time. Yeah, it's absolute madness, like having to actually travel. So, like, we're going to do anything for our kids. Of course we're you gonna would. We're going to travel and everything like that, but we shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. They should be everywhere and... My son should have. Well, he has a, well, he has a legal right to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing, by the way. But putting that into practice is another thing. Karen, generally, sorry, Sam, just stay for a second. Karen, just yeah. before I go to the break, in yeah. relation to education in general, Karen, do you think Ireland? Where I mean, where do we rank when it comes to dealing with children with additional needs, special needs, Down syndrome, whatever it happens to be? How, where do we rank, Karen? Do you think? Oh, I don't think it's great now. To be honest, I think we'd be down there, like. 
time to extra tuition. Yeah. Just so he can, you know, get the basics. Yeah. You know, I just don't think schools are equipped. So you're paying for that out of your own pocket. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I just don't think our teachers and our schools, don't get me wrong, the, the teachers, my child has in school certainly are fantastic um, and they're very accommodating, but I just don't think the speciality is there for children um, who don't fit into your normal bracket. Into the, ca- um, into the category of normal, yes. Into the category of normal, yeah. Like I have two other children and I know they'll sail through it, but in comparison to my eldest, it's, it's a big struggle. Um, and like that, prepared to do anything I can to just make life easy for him and so he has independence and he can have some sort of job and, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just a constant battle to get there. And I'm trying to I'm trying to do the hard bit so that he doesn't have to. I get you. So that it's not a battle for him when he's older. And, and Sam, I suppose you're doing exactly the same thing. You want to try and get to a point where he will have some degree of independence in the future. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, he's such a sociable, happy kid and he's so out there and everything like that. But, mm. you know, he'd thrive in a school environment and he'd do so well. And, you know, it, it would really upset me to think that he wouldn't get a space in a school or something like that, you know, if I had to send him. I want him to go to a mainstream school. Yeah, but of course but that's I, the best place for him, yeah. Yeah, you know, but... Yeah. Oh God! I know. I know. I know. I know your frustration, Sam, because you want him to be a mainstream, because you want him to socially thrive as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That, because it's in him. It, it is I know. In him. I, I think I it's think. in every child, no matter what sort of needs yeah. they have, you know, and or if they have autism. I think it's within them all if we focus on it and encourage it. Well, listen, I, I'm running out of time. It's been lovely talking to both of you, Sam and Karen. I uh, appreciate you coming on the show. And Karen, we will be talking to you in the future again because we are here at Ireland's Classic Kids going to be doing a lot of work with Make-A-Wish over the next month or so. And I know that's why you were in yesterday talking to us and you were in the radio station. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's Classic Kids.